1: Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime today, Nate Green. Nate, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty good, Jared. How are you?
1: I am not doing too bad. We have an off day today. The Angels come off a series win against the Texas Rangers, even though it wasn't all that pretty, but sometimes baseball isn't pretty, right, Nate?
2: That's true.
1: So, Nate, to start the day off. Usually I have a question, but I got a stat for you today and floated it on Twitter. A lot of people saw it, and we kind of just talked about this, I guess the other day, our last podcast, about who we would take if they had, if who who is the best player to have injuries in a sense. I think that was kind of the question
0: mm-hmm. that we
1: were talking about, and we talked about Ken Griffey Jr. being one of the best players to not be the best player, if that makes sense, because he got hurt. And so, Mike Trout is 0.1 F4 away from passing Ken Griffey Jr. in Fangraphs War. Now, stat was brought up to me. Ken Griffey Jr. only had, I think it was 3.7 Fangraphs War after his age 30 season. Just, I mean, point that out there. That is unbelievable what Ken Griffey Jr. was supposed to do, and he was a fantastic player. But... I mean, this just shows how good Mike Trout is. It, it, 1400 less games, by the way, exactly. Oh, 1399. It was 1400 yesterday. So, man, what do we make of this, Mike Trout? I mean, we we can just continue on with our Mike Trout appreciation podcast, in a sense. And this is unbelievable, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think we brought this up during the off season. We brought up some big names that Trout could potentially pass in WAR this year, and uh, Griffey was the first one that stood out to me because I am a huge Griffey fan. I, I remember watching him as I was growing up thinking he was the one of the greatest players ever. Um, doing it clean, uh, as far as we know, which is a big thing for me. So, um, yeah, it's it's really impressive that Trout is able to pass him. And like you said, Griffey did most of his damage right around uh, twenty. What was that, 20 years old all the way to 30 years old. So a ten-year span, um, and Trout has really done his damage around the same time. I know he's played. You said thirteen ninety-nine games less, but still, he's on he's on pace to, to to shatter a lot of records.
1: Absolutely, I mean, and there's going to be some decline in Mike Trout eventually, but man, with the season he's having right now, it's unbelievable. Just looking through some Mike Trout stats, he's batting four twenty this season. He has. He leads the league in on-base percentage, leads the league in slugging percentage, amongst qualified players. Uh, Byron Buxton's having a fantastic year. He's not quite qualified yet. He'll jump into some leaderboards once he does get qualified. But, you know, Buxton is what it is. Buxton's had a fantastic year, by the way. I know you've been all over me about this, and I've been saying, oh, Buxton, this, Buxton, that. But Buxton's had a fantastic year this year, and I hope that we continue to see Buxton be that number one prospect. And it was a good thing. Well, talked about this, actually. The Angels saw the Twins at the right time because they were kind of, you know, down and out with a lot of – didn't see good pitching, didn't see much good of anything, to be honest. And then the the Twins kind of got bailed out with COVID, in a sense. Yes. Didn't have Buxton, didn't – you know, weren't going to see very good pitching, weren't going to see Barrios. I think the Angels were going to see uh, Shoemaker and uh, – I forgot who else it was. But they were going to see – they weren't going to see anybody fantastic. Not my I think it was Jay. Yeah, they were going to see j Hatt, maybe. They weren't going to see Miami They weren't going to see Barrios, which was really lucky for the Angels. And then all of a sudden, I feel like that is when the Angels kind of flipped to tough baseball. Granted, they did see the Astros, who are a very good team, didn't play very well against them. The injury bug hit the Angels, and, you know, Angels continue playing. Like I said, took th- two of three from the Rangers. They go to Seattle now, which shouldn't be too tough of a series. But first, before we get going with any type of preview or any podcast, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast here at Talking Halos. If you could, subscribe to this podcast. Give us a follow on any of our social medias. You can follow myself at Jared underscore Tims. You can follow Nate at Green 34 And guys, as always, give us one second to... Pay the bills. Hey,
0: everyone. Before we start, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand-new program where you can host your very own podcast here Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, personalized. Q&A is with Blue top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google Stitcher, and you name all the other ones. You got them. Okay? The best part is you can get all this for only 15 bucks a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance in the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join.
1: All right, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this show rolling a little bit more and talk some Angels baseball. And a, I don't know how to start this, a follower of ours, mentioned this yesterday. And I think we kind of have a little bit of complaining to do. I don't know. I mean we we talk about some of this stuff all of the time and he mentioned that yesterday, which was the last game of the series against the Rangers, Joe Madden took out right handed hitters, and this is an important thing to know. Right handed hitters, Albert Pools and Justin Upton against Dane Dunning who this season, kind of interesting, against his righty-lefty splits, against lefties, hit lefties are hitting 200, 256, and 300. That is their slash line with no home runs. And against righties, Dane Dunning, is, his slash line is 314, 340, and 373 with three home runs. So the question that was brought to us was, why take out the righties there? Because Jose Rojas was able uh, started Jared Walsh started, which I have no issue with Walsh starting, and Scott Schebler started, which was another one of the ones that our follower brought up. I forgot. Name, do we have a name on him? I. Um, you can go back and look, look it up real quick.
2: And I'll look it up as you as you're talking.
1: Yeah. So the reason why we bring he brought this up was to try to figure out why. Were they bringing – why Why take out Pujols and Upton? I know that they are going to get back-to-back days off and the Angels won anyways, but it just really didn't make too much sense to him. So me and Nate kind of have this issue as well with Joe Madden trying to play the numbers in a sense, and Nate has watched, watched the Cubs, watched Joe Madden for a while, not to complain against Joe Madden because I think he's a great manager. He's a great leader. But the management side of things, I think, in a sense, sometimes lacks a little bit. I don't think a whole lot. We've seen it with some bullpen management, which me and Nate have both complained about and don't quite understand. But it is what it is. We can we'll, – we'll we'll make it work. So, Nate, I think you – sounds like you might have found the name. What, are you, what do we make of this?
2: Yeah, it was Halo's Hot Take, um, at Halo's Hot Take, um, I, I understand giving Pujols a day off, um, and I, I get that Dunning, was, he has been miserable against Wrighty, so um, I, I think Pujols could use an extra day off, he's he's kind of like in a weird spout right now, I know we talked about this yesterday, he's, he's hitting the ball decently, but like it's home run or bust basically with him right now, um, and with a travel day and, and things like that, I, I can understand giving Pujols a day off. But Justin Upton is playing the best baseball uh, he's had all season right now. And he seems pretty locked in in Texas. He had a no-doubt home run uh, in game one of the series. And I I don't really understand taking him out, especially for, uh, if you want to say, Jose Rojas or Scott Chevler, it does not matter to me. Both of them are struggling offensively. Rojas is not even a left fielder. Um, And I think that's something that we brought up before the season is – Where do you play Rojas? Because, you know, he's kind of blocked everywhere, and they're putting him in positions where, you know, you're not expecting him to succeed. Um, Alex Cobb is not a a strikeout guy. He has had some strikeouts this year. He's pitched – he had a decent start, uh, I think, what was that, second outing, third outing. He had like eight or ten punches. Um, But he's a guy who's going to allow the ball to be put in play a lot. And you want your best defense out there – and if that's Jose Rojas, then we we might be in some trouble.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that that brings up a very interesting point. And I, let's get let's stick with Dane Dunn here for a second, because to- because at what point do you just look at this season when against I think it was against lefties he's pitched ten innings, against righties he's pitched twelve innings, and that is is stats including yesterday, so it's kind of fluctuated a little bit. But in his career against lefties, he's bat- he's pitching to a slash line of 228, 316, and 356. And then to righties, he's pitching to a slash line of 222, 266, and 299. So at, at what point do you look at the year numbers compared to the career numbers in a sense? I, I know that this year is-, is a little bit different, and last year he pitched – was a little bit different as well. But I I, I get it. I I do. I kind of understand what Madden did here a little bit looking at the stats. But I I don't know. It's tough. At what point do we look at the yearly stats compared to the career stats? I
2: I think because Dane Dunning is so young – and because it's a new team, it's a new pitching philosophy, I would take this year into more – I would take more stock into what he's done this year, honestly. Because it's a new pitching coach, It's which we know pitching coaches, whatever. He just kind of helps with game plans. But it's a new pitching coach. It's a new home field. It's a new defense behind him. It's Everything's new for him. So I, I would take more stock into what he's doing this year rather than last year where he's with – the White Sox, he's, you know, not expected to be a dude. He comes over uh, in the Lance Lynn trade, and it feels like he was supposed to be like a dude. And, and he's he's very good, don't get me wrong, but uh, there's just a lot of pressure on him being in a trade like that. So I, I would put way more stock into this year than last year, especially since he's, what, 25, 24 years old?
1: 26 years old.
2: 26, okay, yeah. But one in, a, like, I guess a half season in the bigs?
1: Yeah, I get it. I get it. And Dunning's been pretty good, to be honest, this year. Like, when whether you're yeah, looking at yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: That Dane, Dane Dunning was one of our guys that we always talked about. Like, hey, watch out for Dane Dunning. Like, this is kind of a a hidden piece in the Lance Lynn trade. Like that. Oh, this might kind of be interesting. I think uh, like, we were kind of both on that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we both liked that trade for the Rangers. Yeah. So I, I mean, we're Dane Dunning has been perfectly fine. He's going to have a decently good career. But it was an interesting thing that was brought up, and I know we've had some issues. Talking about Madden and managing the bullpen and now managing the splits type of thing with the with the lineup, it, it, it'll be interesting to see down the road. Like we can kind of monitor this as this goes on a little bit. Check ready lefty splits for every tier, for every game, every pitcher, and see. We do a lot with relievers though, and pinch hitters. Yeah, and that's
2: a big deal for us.
1: I, I remember there was a game. I think it was the opening series where it was some where Bauer was starting the second Dex. Yes, we can go back. We go back. I'll go back to that all the time. Dexter Fowler still got a hit, fantastic. I'm, I'm not, yes, not going to go against it, but when you look at the numbers, if you're going to play the numbers games all the time, Dexter Fowler probably shouldn't have been hitting against the lefty. I don't think there, because I believe if I'm not mistaken, he came up righty, hit the right, yep. hit the single up, up the middle. Maybe that was against Houston.
2: Singled into in between uh, short and third. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was one of those things where we had even talked about right when the trade happened. Dex does not hit right handed that well. Yeah. Um, it's been four or five years since Dexter Fowler has actually seen the ball well right-handed. So it, it didn't make sense to us. And I know, I think you even texted me right? right when it happened, like, what?
1: Yeah, because I was at the game, and I was thinking, I was like, I was watching it, and it took a little while for Fowler to get to on-deck circle, so they had to have been thinking about it. And, and, and I was, there was runners, I think, on first and second. It might have loaded the bases. I think, yeah, Because Pool or... might have been on second base, and it was definitely the Astros game because I know where I was mm-hmm. sitting during that game. Takes I was like, "Why is why is Fowler coming up? Granny hit a single, and it worked out. But if he rolls over into a double play, or he strikes out, or something there, that game takes a total you know left hand, right hand turn for for the Astros, and it it might not end up the Angels' way. So, you know, just just throwing that out there I, again. I don't want to complain about Joe Madden. I think that he is a great manager. I think he's a great leader. It. Just some of the stuff that happens, you know, if we're going to play 1985 baseball, in a sense, or if we're going to play analytical baseball, it, it just kind of goes against it. And I, we, we, can, we'll, we can talk about this all the time. Nate, I know you want to talk. Like, say what you want to say. I can hear you. On, I
2: just wanted to say, we just want to be consistent with what he says, you know? Like, if he says we're going to play 85 baseball, go ahead, play 85 baseball, throw the numbers out. I don't care. But... If you're going to use analytics half the time and 1985 baseball half the time, then we're going to sit here and second-guess him all day long because it's like he's never going to be consistent in, in whatever he does.
1: Yeah, 100%. So we were talking about Justin Upton in left field and why Jose Rojas and Shebler and it kind of brings up an interesting question that popped into my head. At what point do we see Joe Adele? It's got to happen soon, right? I mean – I know that Adele has not been Adele like he has not been a top ten prospect play wise for the Angels out there. But at some point, you gotta try to give him a chance. I, I want to see him in the minors though. Minor league season starts next week. I think in a week from now is when the Salt Lake Bee's home op- or opening day is. So
2: I thought they started
1: the first. No, they they Would start you? the sixth. Okay. Yeah, Salt Lake Bee's start the sixth. Everybody else starts on May the fourth. It'll be a lot of fun. I think. If you guys are going to an Inland Empire game, I'm thinking about going on Thursday if I can get out there. I don't know if I'm going to be able to or not, but I'll be out at some Inland Empire games soon enough, and it'll be a lot of fun. But brings us to our question, at what point do we need to see Joe Adele?
2: I, I would love to see him get a full month in AAA. <laughs> That's just me. I, I would love to see him get used to flying right field. He did not look comfortable out there. He started to look a little bit more comfortable, but I guess you couldn't really go backwards from how uncomfortable he looked in right field last year into start spring training. But I would love to see him full month in AAA and see how he hits, see how he plays defensively. Just let let the kid develop. I mean, he's still, what, 20, 21 years old? We're, we have been very spoiled by a lot of prospects coming up at 19 years old, 20 years old. Um,
1: 22 years with, old if you're Chris Rodriguez, which we'll be talking about with, shortly.
2: With other teams, I think the Angels haven't really had a young guy like that in a while. But, like, you, you look around the league and Acuna comes up at 20. Soto comes up at 19. And, and you got guys, yeah, Tatis is up at 20. So you got all these guys that are coming up, and we're just so spoiled by seeing such great baseball players with such a young age that we're like, oh, Joe Adele, he has to be up right now. And I think we need to take a step back and let the kid kind of develop. I mean, the the biggest thing when the Angels drafted him was like, hey, he, he's got a lot of tools, but he still has to develop them. He has five tools, but they are not fully developed. So let him develop them. Let him get there. We don't need to rush this. I, I understand if this is August, September, and we're have a shot at making the playoffs and he's not up, like, okay, then there's a problem. But – let him play some AAA games. Let him kind of show that he's ready.
1: Yeah, and that was my problem with bringing him up last year during a weird season like it was. Like, if if Joe Adele starts the season in right field this year, I have no and, – and, and does what he did last year, I have no issue with it because it's not a weird – not necessarily – it's not a totally weird season. You know, everybody's in the same clubhouse. Everybody is still doing what they're supposed to do. They have a routine. But bringing Adele up last year with, and they weren't even winning games either. Like they were, they were struggling. And then Adele struggled, and then he found himself on the bench, and there was no reason for it. And yeah, I, I agree. I think you need to give him a little bit of time. I don't think there's any reason to panic on him at all. And we talked to Taylor Blake Ward about this. If you listen to podcast uh, probably about a month and a half ago, when we talked about the minor leagues. Joe Adele is going to be fine. Don't panic about him. He's still going to be pretty good. If you give him the Justin Upton comp, that's perfectly fine. Justin Upton was a very good baseball player, still is a pretty good baseball player, and it, it, it's all it's all good with me. It, it, it works. It works. So brings us on to our next topic, which is Chris Rodriguez. This guy has been absolutely unbelievable, collected his second win of his career, on the last game against the Rangers, which was Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. And yes. fantastic. 14.2 innings pitched to a 10.43K per nine. Has a 2.45 ERA, a 2.81 FIP, and has accumulated a 0.2 war, which is pretty freaking good for a major leaguer at the age of 22 who, has never, who had never pitched above the a, high A level. And it's just been a lot of fun. Everything is gross, the two-seamer runs. The curveball slider thing, whatever you want to call it, is gross. The changeup is gross. Fun, fun fact for you here, and I, I, I can't think of – I think I saw it on Brent McGuire's tweet. Chris Rodriguez's changeup is the same as Griffin Canning's changeup. Elaborate on that, Nate. I know you love hearing that. <laughs> uh,
2: that's still frustrating. That is. I mean, Griffin Canning throws, what, five, six miles an hour slower than uh, C-Rod?
1: I've seen him run it up to 96 before. But yes. yes, yes, and I it, Griffin Canning is 92 to 94, is that fair?
2: If he's, yeah, I would yeah. say he sits 92, runs it up to 94 any day during a start. And C-Rod's 96, runs it up to 98, 99. That's a 10 mile an hour difference on his changeup. That's exactly where eight to 10 miles an hour is where you want to be on your changeup. And that's my biggest pet peeve with Griffin Canning is he throws his changeup way too hard. But that's really good to see. Sea Rod's got a good changeup. I I love watching Sea Rod throw. He's been outstanding. I know first time I saw him throw, I, I texted you and said Dustin May. Um, you've had a couple different comps, but just stuff wise for me, he kind of reminds me of Dustin May. How, how much stuff moves and how gross he is. I mean, when you watch Justin May pitch, it's fantastic. and That's kind of what we're seeing with C-Rod.
1: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. He's been a renewal in that Angels bullpen. Angels bullpen hasn't been all that bad. When you look at it, they've had a couple tough games, but they haven't been put in great situations. We don't even need to get into that. We already talked about it. (laughs) But they've been put in some tough situations. They Angels Bullpen was put in tough situations last season a lot of times, so I'm 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 okay with that. I, I totally am. Bullpen's been fantastic. So let's do you have anything else you want to add on to the Chris Rodriguez story?
2: Um I, I saw Madden said he, he's thinking about moving him into like some higher leverage situations, so that could be fun. I mean We've even talked about the Frankie Rodriguez comp a little bit on him, which I know is kind of you don't want to do that. Uh, but if he turns into what uh, Frankie was in '02, back in September when he was lights out, if that's what he turns into in June, July, just lights out and back into the pen, that's gonna be fun.
1: It will be. It will be. I, I hope they don't give up on, on with him being a starting pitcher because I still think he can do that. I think that that is still there. But let's get on to previewing the, Ash, the not the Astros series, the <laughs> Seattle Mariners series. We'll just preview game one because we're going to get back onto that everyday podcast type of thing. And the Angels come into the series 12 and 11. The Mariners, wow, I'm on to every other name besides the Mariners. The Mariners come into the series 13 and 12. The Angels at the moment have a 51.9% chance of making the playoffs. The Mariners have a 1.2% chance of making the playoffs. Take it for what it's worth. We're twenty-three games in. That's fantastic. Angels are two games back of the A's. Who the A's were absolutely on fire. What, what did they start off the season one and nine, and then all of a sudden rattled off like 15, 14 games in a row? Uh,
2: yeah, zero and eight, and then uh,
1: thirteen in a row. Jeez, that's that's unbelievable. And they were calling it the Moneyball two season. They, seriously, like they just all like it was just like bad, 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 and then all of a sudden let's just win thirteen in a row, like. Come on, that's that's unbelievable. So, the first game of the Angels Mariners series, which can be played Friday, which is today when this podcast is going out, is Andrew Heaney, who has been the Angels ace this year. Nate, hold on, hold your thoughts, give it a second. Against Chris Flexen. Nate, is Andrew Heaney the Angels ace this year?
2: No, Dylan Bundy is. I love how you love to bring up a war when it comes to Heaney, and you bring up wins with Chris Rodriguez. You can't do that. We don't talk about wins here.
1: Hold on, I said I said wins because young pitchers, fantastic. I actually thought he got his first win of the season last year or last night or two nights ago, whenever that was, and it was. I, I just like tipping the cap to, to young I, I pitchers just have getting to there with that. A
2: hard time because you give me a hard time for bringing up saves and you know wins, saves in the guys they, they mean absolutely nothing. Um, but no, he needs he, thrown the ball well. He's had one really, really rough outing and then one okay outing and two really good outings. Um, I, I like this matchup against Seattle for him. Seattle's really taken advantage of some bad competition. They they beat up on Baltimore and I think they beat up on Minnesota. So they really haven't beat up on anybody like Super, super um, scary. They've just kind of beat up on teams they're supposed to beat up on, and so I, I really like this this matchup
0: for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. He's looked really good this year. He's pitched twenty point two innings, has a four point three five ERA, a two point oh seven FIP, a, has accumulated zero point seven Fangraphs WAR, which is fantastic. I think it's probably pretty close to being on pace to like a five WAR this year which would be one of the highest scores for an Angels pitcher since probably Jared Weaver. If I'm not mistaken, I'll have to do the math on that. I'll post it on Twitter, have fun with that. But, yeah, Andrew Heaney has looked really good this year. And I think in the back of my head, you really have to start thinking about re-signing both Dylan Bundy and Andrew Heaney at the end of this year.
2: Can we wait and see?
1: No, no, because I think uh, Andrew Heaney's, Andrew Heaney's an underrated pitcher. I really do think so. If you're able to get Andrew Heaney, he's 30 right now. If you're able to get him for three more years, for 10 to 12 million a year, are you really upset about that?
2: It depends on what the market looks like. I mean, right now we, we can say the market is going to be set extremely high. You know, there's some decent pitchers. Trevor Bauer could opt out again and make this thing a mess. But uh, it depends. Like if Stroman becomes the best arm out there, and he's only making, you know, 15 million. And we're going to give Andrew Heaney three years, 39. I might be a little upset knowing that we could have gone two extra million to go get a guy who I think is better. Um, and I know you're a huge Stroman fan, so you probably would be on the same page with that. But it depends on how the market looks. I mean, we I really love Noah Syndergaard. He's coming off uh, TJ. We'll see what he looks like. Maybe you you might even be able to get him super cheap. I don't know. Um, we're just going to have to wait and see how the market develops and who and how these guys pitch the rest of the year. I really would like to get Dylan Bundy extended before the end of the year because I think his value can only shoot up. He is kind of set his value, in my opinion.
1: No, I, I, I totally agree, and I, I, I'd love to see both of them get re-signed because that means, I think at some point you have to entertain putting Griffin Canning in the bullpen. At some point, I, I think you really do have to. I know we've talked about, his stuff doesn't play up in the bullpen. His stuff isn't that good as a starter. So what's the point? But I think Griffin Canning in the bullpen can be a lot of fun. Like, you get can't to... can just
2: teach him a changeup instead?
1: I'm not against that. But, Nate, we don't work for the Angels.
2: I, I know we don't. But, but can't somebody just teach him, hey, a changeup is not supposed to be thrown the same speed as your fastball. And he actually would be a pretty good pitcher. And I think... You have to remember, Griffin Canning's very young, did not get to pitch too much in the minor leagues. He was rushed because the Angels didn't really have too much pitching depth, which is a huge, huge reason why I thought they needed more starting pitching depth this year, but we can talk about that later. Um, he's still learning that he doesn't have to strike everybody out, and I think that's a big, big thing for him is once he starts to learn, like, oh, hey, it's okay to let them hit the baseball because... Iglesias is going to be there and make a play, or Mike Trout's going to make the make the catch, or whatever it is, I think he will start to develop and start pitching a lot better. But he's still trying to go 0-2, perfect pitch on the black, 1-2, breaker in the dirt, trying to get someone to chase, 2-2, let me throw this 2-2 pitch, like, a half ball off the plate, see if I can get something, 3-2, oh no, I threw a 3-2 slider and walked the guy. It's like... Okay, that's fine. A lot of young pitchers like to strike guys out, like we talked about in the past. Strikeouts are a sexy stat. He loves, he wants to strike everyone out. Once he learns that that's not a big deal, he will be fine.
1: I, I agree, I agree. But I think at some point you might need to start entertaining, <laughs> putting Griffin Canning in the bullpen. You're able, you have Shohei Ohtani for a couple more years. You extend Bundy and Heaney for a couple years you have Reed Detmers, who's right around the corner. That makes it four. I don't know if they're going to put Rodriguez in the rotation. I don't think so, but I'd love to see that happen. And you're only missing two more spots there, so instead of going out and having to rebuild your entire rotation or rebuild a bullpen, you basically just have to rebuild your bullpen and add a couple of starters, which I'm totally fine with. So, Nate, any final thoughts before we get going here? Um,
2: uh, Nope, looking forward to the series. Uh, hopefully we can Get back and win another series.
1: Yep, and go minor leagues. It starts next week. I'm excited for minor league baseball. It'll be a lot of fun. A lot of restless hours, not restless hours, sleepless hours because minor league games seem to go on forever and ever, especially if they're played out in Lancaster, which is great, except for you hear it in my voice right now. I hate it. Scores end up being like 15 to 14, and you know, minor league baseball will be a lot of fun. I'm excited, I'm excited for it to get back, and talk minor leads with you guys so as always thanks so much for listening you can follow myself on twitter jared underscore tims you can follow nate at nate green 34 guys thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day